I'm here to talk about the eyes on Jesus. The eyes on Jesus. The eyes on Jesus. That is my message, even as we prepare to minister this evening. The eyes on Jesus. Revelation chapter 1, from verse 9 to verse 16. The Bible says, I join your brother and companion in the suffering and kingdom and patient endurance that are ours in Jesus was on the island of Patmos because of the word of God and the testimony of Jesus. Verse 10. On the Lord's day, I was in the spirit and I heard behind me a loud voice. Somebody say loud voice. If the Bible is yours, you can mark it. If it belongs to your neighbor, just keep reading. Like a, tan, like a trumpet, verse 11, which said, Write on a scroll what you see. Somebody say what you see. And send it to the seven churches to Ephesus, Smyrna, Pergamum, Tharta, Sardis, Philadelphia, and Laodicea. Verse 12, I turned round to see the voice that was speaking to me. And when I turned, I saw seven golden lampstands, verse 13, and among the lampstands was someone like a son of man, dressed in a robe, reaching down to his feet, and with a golden sash round his chest. Verse 14, the hair on his head was like white wool, as white as snow, and his eyes were like blazing fire. His feet were like bronze, glowing in a furnace, and his voice was like the sound of rushing waters. 16. In his right hand he held seven stars, and coming out of his mouth was a sharp double-edged sword. His face was like the sun shining in all its brilliance. Turn with me again briefly to Acts chapter 22. Turn with me briefly to Acts chapter 22. And I'm reading... Let me see the verse. I'm reading verse 6 to verse 10. Acts 22 from verse 6 to verse 10. About noon as I, as I came near Damascus, suddenly a bright light from heaven flashed around me. I fell to the ground and heard a voice say to me, Soul, soul, why do you persecute me? Verse 8. Who are you, Lord? I asked. I am Jesus of Nazareth, whom you are persecuting, he replied. Verse 9, my companions saw the light, but they did not understand the voice of him who was speaking to me. Lord Jesus, we thank you for your word. We ask you that may you reveal your person, reveal your heart, reveal your mind through your word. In Jesus' name, amen. The first thing that can ever happen to a baby when it is born, is for the baby to be able to see. And after seeing, for the baby to be able to hear. Immediately a baby is born, to know that you have a healthy baby, to know that you have a baby who is okay, the baby must be able to see. And after seeing, the baby at least must be able to hear. Speaking can come later. Though I was told by my mother, if the baby does not cry, slap it three times. Whatever she was up to, I will prove that day. Now, 
A baby is born and the first thing that a baby does is to blink the eyes. After that, the baby will exhibit symptoms or signs that it is hearing something. After a while, maybe a year or two, the baby will begin now speaking some things. So before I go to the text, let us talk briefly. Many of us are eager to talk more than to see or to hear. Yet, true beauty in Christianity is not in speech. It is in wisdom. But wisdom comes through hearing and seeing. The Bible says, let us be quick to do what? To hear. More than to do what? More than to speak. Many lives today, some of which we are looking at, are not in the place they should be because the balance between hearing and seeing has not been achieved. So Paul is telling us something that you have read before you go to Revelation. That I was walking on the road. I had my friends with me. A voice was speaking and a light was shining. But not everybody interacted with all these two. Only me, Paul, interacted with those two. My companions could only see light, but the voice they did not hear. Let me keep going. There are two ways the Lord is going to speak to you. One way he's going to speak is by his voice, is by his sound. You will hear a sound, but sometimes as you grow more attuned in your walk, you will begin to see his face, you will begin to see his glory, you will begin to see signs that he is sending to you. So Paul is saying, my companions could only see the light, but they could not hear the voice. The voice and the light combined was what produced Paul, not just the light. And today the problem that we have is too many people are busy speaking, few are hearing or seeing. Matthew 13 when you look from, I believe, verse 15 going down, the Bible says that these people, if they could only see with their eyes and hear with their ears, then their hearts will be changed and their lives will be transformed. The first word called eyes, which I want to talk about, we see in the Bible, did not come from God. It came from Satan. The first mention of eyes in the Bible was done by Satan, not by God. Satan comes to Eve and tells Eve, the day you eat this fruit, your eyes will see. And why is this thing mentioned in the Bible that way? It is to show us that when a man can conquer his eyes and be able to see properly and be able to direct his eyes properly, Satan has no place in his life. What we call focus, the Bible sometimes calls the eyes. And today I want to speak to us people. We are in a very sensitive season. If our eyes are going to begin to see no one but Jesus, nothing but Jesus, I can tell you the truth. So many devils are going to be uprooted. Many eyes are seeing, but they are not seeing Jesus. Many ears are hearing, but they are not hearing Jesus. Many bodies are, being, are receiving messages, but their messages they are receiving is not Jesus. 
I love what Paul says. That I, Paul, when I was traveling, I heard a voice. I saw a light. But this voice plus this light was nothing and no one but Jesus. I want to challenge you, even as we continue to talk, that it is your decision and your responsibility to see Jesus and to hear Jesus. It is nobody else's responsibility. And one thing I hate with all of my heart are Christians who are too deep in politics. They are too deep in entertainment. They are too deep in whatever it is. They are not deep in Jesus. And they know when they hear who spoke what, who went where, and they have ideas and maps in their brain about the world, but not about Jesus. Unfortunately, on the other end of the spectrum are Christians who know so much about Satan and demons and whatever the worshippers of Satan are up to, they have no idea how Jesus appears like, how Jesus speaks like. They have no idea about the person of Jesus. So one time in our church, I made a very dangerous announcement, which I'm not making here, but I made it there. Thank God there is not here. <laughs> And I told the people, I do not permit you as your pastor to watch any tape or any documentary or any movie about the occult and whatever the occult is planning if you have not sat before Jesus to know what Jesus is planning. Oh, you know the Freemasons, they are planning this and the Illuminati, this is how they look like. Then when we ask you, show us one sign from Jesus, you have no idea what we are talking about then you are misplacing your priority. You are misplacing your identity. The eyes on Jesus are eyes that are fixed on one direction, not on two directions. And why am I talking about eyes this evening? It is because we are in a critical juncture when decisions must be made. We are in a critical juncture when people have to decide, are we moving forward or are we stagnating? Are we waiting on God or are we are not waiting on God? And to help you in this moment will be your eyes focusing on Jesus. So let's go back to John. John says a few things. That I want us to note. John says in verse 10 of, John, of Revelation chapter 1. On the Lord's day I was in the spirit. And I heard behind me a loud voice. On the Lord's day I heard behind me a loud voice. Like a trumpet which said which said, write on a scroll what you see and send it to the seven churches and the churches are mentioned there. By the time John comes to the level where he's told, you can see John, you can hear, now write. John has been walking in a journey. John has been traveling. And some of you, it is true, you cannot yet hear, but at least you are traveling. Are you hearing me? Yes, you cannot see as others see clearly, but at least you are traveling. My prayer for you, my encouragement to you, keep traveling. Because those who keep traveling with Jesus eventually will see. And after they have seen, they will hear. After they have heard, they will be given the permission to write. 
What do we mean by writing? Writing is creating history. Writing is impacting history. Writing is shaping history. Not all of us can write at, at the level we are. Not all of us can write at the position we are. But if we will keep walking with Jesus, accumulating things that we are seeing of Him, accumulating things we are hearing of Him, after a while, we will be given a blessed assignment to now write what we have seen and what we have heard. Initially, John was seeing, as pastor was preaching in the morning, but it was another John I'm talking about. John was seeing, but seeing very faintly. He was seeing a man eating, a man sleeping, a man walking, a man getting angry once in a while. He was seeing a man, Jesus, not the Christ Jesus. And because what he was seeing was true, but not mature, he was not yet allowed to write. Are you hearing me? He was seeing Jesus, yes, but the level at which he was seeing Jesus was not yet mature. And I'm speaking to you, some of you listening to me. You have a hunger and a thirst, and you have an assignment you feel in your heart to go and take authority in the nations of the world. And the Lord seems to be telling you, wait, because what you think you are seeing and what you think you are hearing is not yet mature. One day in the Lord's day, do we read of it there? In the Lord's day, you will finally see and you will finally hear and the permission to write will be granted. The Jesus John was seeing was a true Jesus, but it was not a mature revelation of Jesus that he was seeing. So as long as they are in the boat with Jesus, and they are eating with Jesus, and they are walking with Jesus, it was okay, but they were still in a classroom as a disciple and a master. One day John will mature. On that day, he could now write. I know some of you feel you have a gift, and you want to use it like tomorrow. I know some of you, you have a business idea, and you feel you want to execute it by next week. I know some of you, you have seen a concept and you want to rush to the ministry of, of maybe trade or the ministry of judiciary and sign up the patent like tomorrow. The voice of God is coming to you today. Keep seeing. Keep hearing. Keep walking. Until you reach the Lord's day, you will be permitted now to write what you have been seeing and to hear what you are, I mean, to also write what you have been hearing. So for three and a half years, John is walking with Jesus. John is seeing Jesus. John is hearing Jesus. But for three and a half years, he has written nothing. The message he has preached is almost nothing. The Bible he has written is almost nothing. But when the Lord's day came, John was now permitted now to write. One of the reasons why there is no effect in the Christian ministries today is not because people have not been visited by God. It is not because people have not heard from God. It is not because people have not seen God. But because people, they saw a glimpse. I like what Paul says in 1 Corinthians 13. We see in part, we prophesy in part. For now we see like in a glass. We are seeing like in a dim glass. But after a while we shall see clearly. So somebody gets an idea. But before the idea can mature, they are already writing with authority. They are already standing with authority. They are already moving with authority. That is not how it should be. 
In Acts chapter 9, Paul, when he was still Saul, meets Jesus. Just like some of you, including me, we have met Jesus. And he has a voice speaking to him. He sees light shining around him. On the spot, he was not an apostle. He was just a convert to Jesus. He knew that this voice and this, this light are shown to convert me to be a servant of God. But till I become a servant, at least let me begin by being a disciple. Let me begin by being a Christian. There are some listening to me, you should still be mark-timing as a Christian, not serving as a servant. Because the vision is for the appointed time. The revelation is yet to ripen up. And I know of children, I know of youths, who cannot wait to mature. They are itching to go and manifest. And a lot of things that they have done out of immaturity has come back to haunt them in their face. John was not so. John waited for the lost day after he had heard, after he had seen. Now he was permitted to write. Let's keep going. The Bible says now in verse, uh, verse 12, And I turned around to see the voice that was speaking to me. That is another profound statement. Imagine somebody speaking to you. You can hear him. But now that voice, you want to see the voice. The Bible does not say, I turn to see the person who was speaking to me. <laughs> the Bible says, I turn to see the voice. Ladies and gentlemen, brothers and sisters, the voice of God can be seen. Because the voice of God is a person. This person is called Jesus. The voice of God can be seen. We have been chasing the voice. Give me a prophecy. Give me a word of knowledge. Give me a word of wisdom. But now we want you to mature to see that voice. It is possible to see the voice. Because this voice is not some instrument. It is not some accordion. It is not some keyboard. It is not some trumpet. It is a person. His name we see down there is Jesus. Pastor Kimani, I told the Lord in 2013, I don't want to perform healings. I want to see you as the healer. Lest I become a worker and not a disciple. If I see you the way you heal, and I see how you feel when you are healing, and I see how you experience the healing and walk with the people you have healed after you have healed them, now I can operate in healing. Till then, keep talking to me. Keep teaching me. I don't want to manifest in the gift of healing or miracles or whatever you are giving me. Children just love to be given instructions. The adults want to know this instructor, who, I almost said the hell, who is he? Christ of God, I'm in church. Children, they just want to be told, enter Luca, enter Luca, go to the shop, and they run. Go here and they run. Children are, are satisfied with orders and instructions. Mature people, <laughs> mature people, they want more. They want the man speaking. They don't just want the speech. That is why, Pastor Kimani, Madaraka days and all these labor days that will be happening in the counties will be poorly attended. 
Do you know what will be happening there? The president will take a photocopy of his speech and throw. And take another photocopy of his speech and throw. And tell the county commissioner, read it, read it, read it, read it. Let the people feel their man is talking. And people will be like, this man is lying to us. Where is he? We want to see him. And where the man will be speaking, the same speech, there they will congregate in large numbers. A time comes no longer just to speak. A time comes now to be seen. A time comes to see what you are hearing. Deliverance Church Ngong Road. We are past hearing voices. It is time to see the voice. It is time to experience the voice. It is time to encounter the voice. This voice has a name. His name is Jesus. It is good when a prophet gives you the prophecy. But the God who spoke, where is he? Why can't he touch me? Why is he, not just, why is he just speaking orders to me? No wonder I will give you an instruction. Immediately you get a prophecy. Immediately you get a word from God. It is good to go and pray. So that you may know the God who was talking. How does he look like? Allow me to read you, then you go back. Allow me to read for you First Samuel chapter First Samuel. Let's just go to First Samuel. First Samuel chapter 15. But give it to me in King James Version. This is where the authorized version is beautiful. First Samuel chapter 15. Give it to me in King James Version. We see something there. The Bible says, Samuel also said unto Saul, The Lord sent me to anoint thee to be king over the people of Israel. Now therefore, hearken thou unto the voice of the words of the Lord. Underline the voice, then again, the words of the Lord. Let me demonstrate what Samuel was talking about. God was angry with Amalek. God was mad with Amalek. God had a revenge with Amalek. And the Bible says there in verse 2, that says the Lord of hosts, I remember that which... When a person tells you, I remember, that person has emotions, right? That person has a feeling. That person has a pain. I remember what Amalek did. So this is the problem that Saul did. Which some of you are doing. And I'm here to rebuke you in love. Okay? I'm here to rebuke you in love. Saul just had the words. Let's, let's go kill Amalek then come back. He did not hear the voice of revenge that was in the mouth of God. When he came back, God said, you are fired. You are out of my grace. I have rejected you. Because you are only a baby. You only hear words, but you don't hear motives in the words. You only hear words, but you don't hear motives. No wonder you can do half duty and think you have done me a favor. Soul, you are out. I will look for a man after my own heart. Somebody will not just be hearing my words, but will be feeling my heart. And God goes to David. And by the time they meet with David, the game is over. God is satisfied. 
The problem was with Saul was not lack of instruction. The problem with Saul was lack of revelation, lack of intimacy, lack of, lack of, I don't know what to call it, but lack of maturity, if I may call it that. The Lord is giving a voice, but in this voice is packaged words. You, your duty is not just to take the words. Your duty is also to take the voice. Sometimes a prophet may be telling you, next week, you need to watch out. But there is a way next week you need to watch out comes out. And as it is coming out, it is your duty to go and read. Take a thermometer reading of those words. Because those words are not just words. There is a motive and an expectation inside of them. Saul missed it because he could not go beyond words. He only remained with the words. He did not hear the voice. I see ladies sitting here and some are listening to me. You are frustrated in your relationship. Not because the man does not have nice words. But because there is no emotion in those words. There is no reading in those words. There is a way a man can announce, Hey baby, I am home. <laughs> huh? There's a way a man can announce, baby, I'm home. And the woman feels like, hey, today he has come. And there's a way he can enter, and, and I'm not throwing any stones, I don't live in your homes. There's a way he can enter, throw the newspaper and say, Nimengia, uh, I've arrived. And sit. What the man is lacking is the art. And the science of communication, the heart and the science of leadership, where you excite your ears, you bring them to their feet. You bring them to expectation. And our God is a master communicator. If you are getting married next week, say amen. And I have counseled with men who tell me, but I usually tell her I love her. But brother, do you tell her? Or you just tell her? What in Duru, Apostle? Now, now, words are good, but if they don't have a voice, they are vain. They have no temperature. They have no fuel to roll the engine to life. Now you can imagine how the Joshua family will be doing it. Eh? I know of a man. He used to arrive home and sing a song to his wife about how he wants to eat. After that he could give a speech to thank himself because he's about to eat. And he was serious. And I want to thank myself because I am about to eat all this food. And the man, the man looked like a fool. Remember, he was a medical doctor. But because he was so full of wisdom, he learned how to appetize and actualize the energy in his family. This man, I admire him. Maybe he's looking at me now. Praise the Lord. 
What removed Saul from power was not the words of God. It was the voice of God. He could not read the voice. God is saying, I remember what Amalek did. How they oppressed my people. And Saul is not feeling the anger in the voice of God. He went just doing scientific fieldwork. Saying, I killed a hundred. And after that, there were two hundred. And these ones, we put aside. And he's giving him a PhD thesis. And this man is hurting. This man wants revenge. You, you are giving him academic work. Huh, the man said, you are out. And I'm sorry, people, but our God is very emotional. And his servants like myself are very emotional. And you may think this emotional is weakness, but it is actually a component to put things right, to put things straight. So John hears a voice, but he turns to interrogate it. He turns to see it. And what John saw was no one but Jesus. I want to tell you something, people. Your enemy can be busy speaking. And you can turn to look at him and all you see is your enemy or all you see is Jesus. Your adversary may be talking or doing things and when you turn to look at what he is doing or she is doing, you either see Jesus or you don't see Jesus. Remember, what you see is your choice. What you see is not what is in front of you. No, what you see is what you have chosen to see. And the Bible says the eye, therefore, is the lamp of the body. Not the environment, the eye. It is the eye to give the body direction. And I'm quoting from, I believe, uh, Matthew chapter 6. The eye is the eye of the body. If your eye is seeing, then you will see. But if your eye is not seeing, you will not see. That means in front of you can be darkness, but your eye can decide to see light. Who is light? Light is Jesus. In front of you there can be death and terror and threats, but you decide to see Jesus. Moses says, stand firm and don't see the Red Sea. This was like brainwashing, right? But it was not brainwashing. Stand firm and see the salvation of God. The other name for the salvation of God is Jesus. Next time I'll have a church here. <laughs> there is a Red Sea. But Moses is saying, guys, 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 let's get it straight. What we are about to see is Jesus. And when they gave him time, he proved himself. He became salvation. I don't care what is in front of you. I care who you are seeing in front of you. Whether it's Jesus or it's not Jesus. I don't care what you are seeing. What you should see should be Jesus. One man will see the Red Sea. Another will see Yeshua. God saves. One man will see only the raging, the raging of the waters, but another man will see Jesus. Touch your eyes and say, Lord, open my eyes to see Jesus. As I finish, John continues to talk to us here. I turned around to see the voice that was speaking to me. And when I turned, I saw seven golden Lampstands. There is a sermon we can do on that. Keep going. And among the lampstands was someone like a son of man. Now, someone like a son of man means 
John was not very sure what he's seeing, but thank God he saw nevertheless. Allow me to tell you, you prophet, prophetic students, sometimes you are waiting to see Jesus, the son of Mary, from head to toe, and what you may see is like someone looking like him. Keep looking, because the more you look, the more you will discover. There are more details about him than what you can see at once. I have friends, the first time they ever saw Jesus, what they saw was just a bright light. But in that light, they felt the love of God. And they came and reported, I saw some bright light. And in that light, I saw some love. I felt love in my heart. I told them, keep praying and walking with the Lord. Because soon, what you see will be clearer and clearer and clearer. John did not see the express person of Jesus. What he saw was in sequences. What he saw was in sequences. One time he's seeing lampstands, the other time he's seeing stars, another time he's seeing, you know, shining bronze and all these things. And the more he kept looking, the more the picture kept getting clearer. Listen to me. One of the ways to really see Jesus is to be consistent with your eyes. I was praying with a gentleman last week and he reported to me that when you prayed, this began to happen. But now, then he gave me the same story that had led us to praying in the first place. And the Lord told me, he is already missing revelation. He is already missing his miracle. Because he began by seeing Jesus, then he forgot. Then like somebody with too much housework to do, he stopped this section of seeing, then he went to other sections. And many of us, including myself, we are good at that. We begin in the spirit, but we finish in the... Initially, you saw Jesus. You saw some light. Then what happened? Why did you see darkness after you saw light? Is your environment under global warming that we do not understand? Initially, you felt love and joy. After that, why did you feel something else? And pay attention. That is where you go wrong. I was sharing with some couple that the earth is full of the glory of the Lord. Now, whether you go to Afghanistan, there is glory of the Lord. Whether you go to Sudan, there is glory of the Lord. But you have to decide to see the glory or to see what is wrong. Seeing is a choice. If you look at me now and you begin to see what is wrong, my brother, you'll even write a book. But if you look at me and you're like, this man has come to preach. I don't care how he looks like. I just want the preaching and I go away. You will pick what you need and you'll go away. And many times, the reason why we are not seeing Jesus is because our eyes are not firm. The Bible says in Psalm 25 verse 15, My eyes are always on the Lord because he will pluck my feet from the net. I don't care about the net. I care about the Lord. The Lord is my duty, not the net. The Lord is my duty, not the trap the enemy is setting. And many know what the enemy is planning, like I was saying, more than what the Lord is planning. And then they wonder, why is there no growth? There is no growth because there is no vision, consistent vision. So John begins to see Different objects. Different realities. But I thank God. 
He focused on the Son of Man, not on the varieties of the realities. Listen to me, those of you who dream dreams and you wonder why you are not good at interpreting them. In a dream, the object is not the real deal. The real deal is the Lord and what he wants out of that dream. The more you specialize in the Lord, the more the objects will just be objects. The teacher is more important than the blackboard. And some people are specializing in the blackboard and they have no idea about the teacher. Let your prayer be, Lord, as I dream, whether I'm dreaming about water or I'm dreaming about the swimming pool, let me see you. Let me experience you. We have to be Christians even in dreams. And to be a Christian is to be obsessed about Christ. To be focused about the person of Jesus. And many times we want intellectual harmony, not Christian experience. And that is where we go wrong. We want something making sense. We don't want someone who transforms our lives. Those of you who know me closely, you know that me, I don't care. My obsession is Jesus. My message is Jesus. My focus is Jesus. But it is a choice. After that, it is a grace. Grace cannot come before you make the choice. You choose Jesus, then the grace to know Jesus comes. The Bible says, grow in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus. Grow in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus. As you grow in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus, the Bible now promises grace will be multiplied to you. Grace be multiplied to you according to the knowledge of our Lord Jesus. Begin to desire to know the person of the Lord Jesus. And John says, the hair on his head was like white wool, as white as snow, and his eyes were like blazing fire. Why do I talk about eyes on Jesus? Because in the eyes of Jesus is fire. Somebody say after me, in the eyes of Jesus is fire. I know some of you cooked meat yesterday. And initially it was just meat. But when fire touched those dead things, a smell began to come out. And an expectation began to rise that now I am going to eat. Before fire was there, there was only a dead thing. Am I going somewhere? Before fire was there, there was no smell. Before fire was there, there was no supper, if it was supper. And Pastor Kimani, this is what the Lord is saying to us as a church. As we stand before Jesus and look at his eyes and nothing else, our dead meat will begin to have flavor. Paul stands before this man full of death. And death is thinking, right? He was full of death. He was full of, a, of, of the, the smell of death. All around him was accusation and condemnation as he stood before Jesus. The more the Lord looked at him, the more the Lord purified him. The more the Lord gave him a flavor. Later on I write in 1 Corinthians, we are a flavor of life. We are an aroma of light. A man who was thinking of death is now thinking of life. And I want to tell you people, sometimes you may have dead dreams. You may have dead prayer requests. You may have dead expectations. 
But as you stand before the fire in the eyes of Jesus, these dead things begin to have an aroma. These dead forgotten things begin to have life. These dead forgotten things begin to have even a meaning. So Paul stands before Jesus dead. But when he rises up, he's a living, blessed, beautiful apostle. The problem with your dreams is not that they are not true. The problem with your dreams is that they are dead because fire is yet to wake them up. Moses also stands before Jesus in Exodus chapter 2. Uh, no, chapter 3, I believe. And he is thinking of guilt because he has killed a man. In his past, he is a murderer. In his past, he is a quitter. Somebody who ran from trouble. Somebody who did not fight. And fire begins to burn in that bush. And some people have never understood why sometimes God appears with fire. Fire is the cause or what we call the resuscitator. It is what wakes up life when life is gone. So as Moses removes his shoe, and as Moses is standing before that fire, a murderer begins con being converted to a prophet. A quitter being begins to be converted to a hero. A man who had no future is now converted to a man creating the future. In this meeting, we are going to stand before Jesus. After this meeting, we will keep standing before Jesus. And after that meeting again, we'll keep standing before Jesus. And anytime, my brother, anytime, my sister, you feel like dead meat, look for the fire in the eyes of Jesus. One scripture before we begin to minister. Psalm 32 verse, Psalm 32 verse 8. I just have to obey the Holy Spirit. Psalm 32 verse 8. As we prepare to minister. The Bible says, Psalm 32 verse 8, I will instruct you and teach you in the way you should go. I will counsel you with my loving eye on you. But King James put it more better. Psalm 32 verse 8. The Bible says, I will instruct thee and teach thee in the way thou shalt go. I will guide thee with mine eye. Some of us, we are used to, like I was saying, the voice of God guiding us. But I believe a time has come for the eye of the Lord now to guide us. The fire of God to guide us. Because in his eyes, there is fire. That is what John saw. And not only John, even Ezekiel, not only Ezekiel, even Daniel. The Lord is saying to me, even before we begin to minister, there are dead things in some of your hearts. There are stinking things. Some of you, your name is stinking. Some of you, you feel like your name is dying. And in this meeting, we are going to do one thing. We are going to ask Jesus to meet you and look at your issue. And you to also wait on him to look at your issue. Then as fire is coming from his eyes as he's looking at that issue, smell and that aroma will begin to come out. Hope and activation will begin to come out. Remember, the Lord Jesus gave us everything. If he gave us his blood and his, and his life, why can't he give us his eyes? So eyes on Jesus is when 
You come dead, but you live alive. You come stinking, but you live scented and sweet. And that is what we are going to do this evening. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Give us some music as the prophetic team comes. There is victory in this house tonight. There is such a blood, uh, you know, a power from the throne of God to reveal Jesus. The Lord is also speaking to me as we are preparing to minister. That some of you, you feel like your case is forgotten. You feel like your file is still missing from the desk of the boss. And all you need is Jesus and you to meet eye to eye. For fire to touch death. And for death to disappear. I love you, Lord. As they're removing the things, remember, you are there and you're saying, Lord, where is life in my dreams? Where is life in my name? Where is life in my testimony? Lord, where is life? I need your fire. Lord, as I see you, see me too. As I focus on you, Lord, focus also on me. Where are you? We have no time. Our time is really gone. Lord, I need your spotlight. Lord, where are you? That is your, that is your question. It is not a lot tonight. It is just that. Lord, where is your spotlight? And he's going to give it. It is going to come from his eyes. It is going to wake up what is looking dormant. Thank you, Lord. And as you are standing there, I just want to, uh, want to challenge you. Begin to say, Lord, I choose to see you. I choose to see you, Lord. I choose to focus on you. I choose to experience you. Lift your hands, everybody who is standing in front of me. Thank you, Lord. I decree in the name of Jesus that from today, you will not be a victim of your environment. You will not be a victim of your obstacles. You will be a disciple who sees his master. Your eyes will be faithful to one light. Your eyes will be faithful to one fire. And nothing by any means will disorient you. And Father, in the name of Jesus, by the power of the Holy Spirit, I remove every distraction. I remove every obstacle. I remove everything that is contrary to the revelation of the Christ. I remove it in the name of Jesus. And we command right now, Lord Jesus, be the obstacle, be the, 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 the spectacle that your people see. Be the reality that they face. Be the fire that they feel. And from today, Lord Jesus, as they look to you, may they begin to have peace they could not have before. May they begin to have confidence they could not have before. And I want you to repeat after me. Say, dear Lord Jesus. Say louder, dear Lord Jesus. I choose to experience you with my eyes and to hear you with my ears in Jesus' name. Amen. Before we close, my brother is telling me there are those of you who feel like you have been eating near misses. You are almost there, but you are not there. Almost there, but not there. There is grace to be ministered to. Maybe you can come quickly to our right. We, we we, we minister to you in the name of Jesus. The rest can maybe go back.
Thank you, Lord. Near misses. You are almost there, but you are not there. You are almost there, but not there. You are the people the man of God is talking about. We minister to you. Lift your hands. Father, in the name of Jesus, in this year of 2018, take off year, we decree the spirit of near success syndrome must be arrested. Every spirit of near success syndrome, we bind you from this altar. We rebuke you and overthrow you in the name of Jesus. And Father, we decree, let your people walk free. And from today, Lord Jesus, you who is both Alpha and Omega, we bring you to their time zones and we decree they will not miss, they will not miss. From today, they will not miss. And the Lord is saying, when you go back to your situations, it is your job now to stand on your feet and to decree, I, I will not miss. And when you are about to miss, do not go with your shadows of your past. Stand firm and declare the salvation of the Lord. And decree, you will not miss. Because as the Lord has spoken today, you will not miss. We cover you by the blood of Jesus. And we decree you are blessed. No more missing. No more coming near to it. You are entering into your dreams and into your totality. In Jesus' name. Amen.